Well, this morning we are in Luke chapter 18. Surprise, surprise. We're finishing up Luke 18. And we are uh, looking at the vision of the blind man. The blind man could see things that those who had sight could not see. And so we are going to be reading verses 35 through 43 this morning. The Bible says, as he drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging and hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. This morning we are looking at um, at the blind man. And I've lost my notes here this morning. I haven't lost them, but let me bring them up. I want to talk about this morning uh, the steps. There's three steps I want to draw out this morning in, in how and why this blind man was healed. The first step may sound obvious to you, but we need to draw it out. The first step is this. This man was aware of his blindness. This man was desperate. This man had been sitting in darkness for who knows how long. According to the text, apparently he had his sight at one time. But he's lost it. And he is absolutely dependent on everyone else for his survival. He's at the lowest end of the totem pole. His needs are huge. And this man man knows that there truly is only one man who can truly help him. And that's Jesus. But in his darkness, he saw the light of the heavenly promise. And my friends, That's a a message for all of us this morning. No matter how dark it might be in your life, God is still on his throne and you can still trust him. He saw the heavenly light of the promise of God in his darkness. He wasn't fixed. On his blindness. He was fixed on Jesus. This man in his blindness spiritually saw clearly. 
And God can give all of us that kind of sight. Um, you know, sometimes we feel really sorry for those who suffer. Suffer physically, uh, suffer financially, and we think that, uh, you know, that we have it far better than they do. Folks, that's not necessarily true. We go down to Mexico every Christmas. We see a lot of poverty. We see a lot of suffering. But in the midst of the suffering and the poverty, you know what? We see a lot of smiles. Smiles among people who know Jesus. They don't have much. But they've got God. They know what it's like to depend on Jesus. And their faith is strong. Here's a man who is spiritually, physically, he cannot see. But he sees things and he knows things that seeing people can't see. A few weeks ago, we looked at the rich young ruler, didn't we? And the rich young ruler had everything. He was hugely successful. But he was blind when he came to the things of God. His, his wealth and his, his success kept him spiritually blind. Last week, we looked at the disciples as Jesus was, again, conveying to them that he must fulfill everything that the prophets had spoken about him in the Old Testament, and yet they didn't get it. He, they were spiritually blind. This man, what led to his healing? Number one, he knew that he needed God. He didn't have anybody else to hold on to. It was only Jesus that was going to make him well. He was well aware of his blindness. The second step that we see in this man's healing is that he believed God's promises. He knew what God's word said. This man was well prepared. And why was he so well prepared? Because he had a lot of time to think about things. He didn't have a whole lot of distractions in his life. There were a lot of days all he could do was sit by the roadside and not think about the promises of God. I'm sure that you would have seen him in the synagogue on the Sabbath. Listening intently what the rabbi was saying. I mean, he was much more sensitive with his hearing and thinking, thinking about those words. But he was well prepared when Jesus passed by. And so here he is on the roadside and he's thinking to himself, what's all this commotion? Scripture says, you know, there was a lot of commotion going on and he inquired what all this meant. And they said, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Those who told him that Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. You know what? 
they only had a earthly perspective of who Jesus is. He's Jesus of Nazareth. They they were well aware of his geographical location. But the blind man sees something far deeper, far more significant in this Jesus than those who could see could. Because what does this blind man cry out? He cries out, Son of David! He's not thinking about a geographical location. He's thinking about a theological position, church. He knows who this Jesus is. He is the son of promise made to David a thousand years earlier. This blind man knows that this is the king of king, the Lord of lords that is going to sit on the throne of David. He can't see Jesus with his eyes, but he sees Jesus with his heart. And he cries out with all of his passion, with all of his conviction, Son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd says, be quiet. You're making a spectacle of of yourself. And he cries out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. In his neediness, in the the fact that he knows who this Jesus is. The Bible says Jesus stops. This man has Jesus' attention. And this isn't the first time blind people know who Jesus is. If you go to Matthew chapter 9, verse 27... We're not going to look at it this morning, but there was another group of blind people. And they said the same thing. Son of David, have mercy on us. How did they see Jesus? Again, her life wasn't full of distractions. I'm sure they heard testimonies of others. We see in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, as Jesus is beginning his, his ministry, and he reads from the book of Isaiah 61. Isaiah says the blind are going to receive sight. And these blind people have been hearing those stories. And they're longing, they're hoping, they're praying that Jesus will pass their way. And Jesus is coming. This man is prepared. What's all the commotion? Oh, it's just Jesus of Nazareth. No, it's not. It's the king of kings who's going to sit on David's throne for all eternity. This man sees. The sight that counts is what the heart sees. What did your heart see this week? What did your heart see this morning? Was it, you know, all that you have to do today and uh, it kind of stressed you out? 
Or is it the fact that you get to come to church with God's people and lift up Jesus Christ? Any of you get any bad news this week? As for your pastor, as your pastor, I mean, this was not a great week for me. I mean, I had some bad news this week. And I wish that I could share with you, you know, that I was a man of great faith this week, but I wasn't. And I confessed that to the elders this week. And I read from Luke chapter 18 that God was convicting my heart over this passage of Scripture. Whatever the new news you might get, either today or this week or a month of month from now, remember, my friend, God is on his throne and he is going to make a way. It may not be the way that you've anticipated, but God has a way. And he wants me, he wants you, he wants us to trust him no matter what the obstacles are. And there's lots of obstacles. You know what? Obstacles are opportunities to trust God. And so this blind man was prepared for the moment because he believed God's promises. It's a thousand years later from the promise that God made David. But this blind man knows that Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise. Which brings me to my third and final point, and it's this. This man, in his desperateness, knowing the promises of God, exercised bold faith. He said, son of David, have mercy on me. He didn't care what the crowd thought. He wanted Jesus' attention. And he got Jesus' attention. The Bible says that Jesus stopped. Oh, can you see the compassion of Jesus? I mean, Jesus has had his game face on. He's headed to Jerusalem. He knows what's before him. Suffering, pain, death, and resurrection. But he takes the time to stop for someone who's desperate for him. Jesus looks at him. The Bible says, bring him to me. And they bring the blind man to Jesus. And Jesus asks in verse 41, What do you want me to do for you? That's a weird question. Isn't it obvious what this man needs and what this man wants? But Jesus asks the question, what do you want me to do for you? He wants this blind man to audibly articulate the conviction of his heart. He knows Jesus can heal and he wants him to publicly declare and request, Jesus, give my sight back to me. And we 
see Jesus' compassion, he stops. But not only does Jesus stop, and he sees, but the Bible says in verse 42, recover your sight. Those three words don't give justice to what Jesus did. If you read that those words in the Greek, it's only one word. And in the Greek, what the one word means is see. That's all Jesus said, see. And the Bible says his sight was restored. Friends, I want you to see the compassion of Jesus and the power of Jesus in just speaking the word. This is the Jesus that we serve. This is the Jesus that we worship. This is the Jesus who is God, the one and only God. God answered this man's request. Now, there's two principles I want to share with you from this text. The first principle is this. God will give you spiritual sight if you approach him in confidence. Not necessarily physical sight. Maybe you're blind here this morning. God may not give you physical sight. God may not give you physical healing. But God wants to give you the spiritual strength and fortitude to get through whatever he has ordained in your life. He wants to give you that spiritual sight. And James says in chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, we won't read it all, but he says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. This blind man didn't doubt. He knew exactly what Jesus could do for him. And Jesus healed him. Hebrews chapter 4 Verse 18, let me read verse 18, the last part of that verse in your handout. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That is our high priest in Jesus Christ. He has been through everything you and I go through and far more yet without sin. There's no one who can empathize and sympathize with what you're going through like your great high priest, Jesus Christ. The word says, let us approach him with confidence, knowing that he hears. And you will find that mercy, find that grace to help in time of need. Jesus wants to do that for you. And that's how this man approached Jesus. And Jesus says these words 
in verse 42, the last part of verse 42, your faith has made you well. Was it his his faith that healed? Or was it Jesus that healed? A faith that saves, a faith that heals, requires an outward display of an inward conviction. This man, this blind man, theologically was sound. He knew exactly who Jesus was. And if if this blind man had just sat by the road and watched the son of David pass by and never say anything, if he never displayed outwardly the conviction that he had in his heart, he would have missed the healing opportunity. Jesus wants us, church, to not just be theologically sound in who Jesus is, but there needs to be an outward display of an inward conviction. Jesus wanted this blind man to share that, to say that when he asked him the question, what can I do for you? Give me my sight back. That's faith. Faith, faith with no activity is no faith at all. But faith does not save. Faith must, however, display itself. We need to understand that. It's faith alone that saves. But faith, Jesus says, must display itself. Jesus says, your faith has made you well. There needs to be an outward faith, outward faith in a inward theology faith. The theological convictions that we have in our heart, church, need to be displayed on the outside. Now, maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, Pastor, are you saying that it's faith plus something that saves? Absolutely not. It's faith alone that saves. But if it's real faith... It's going to be on display. Others will be able to see it in you. And, but again, Ephesians chapter 2 makes it clear. We, we come to salvation in Christ through grace by faith. It's faith alone, but when God saves us, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says that we were created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I'm giving you some passages of Scripture there. We don't have time to look at Romans chapter 4, 
verses 1 through 14 this morning. But it's faith alone that saves. But convicting faith, what's in our heart, is going to bear fruit. Faith will show itself. So my question to us this morning, you got that kind of faith? Do you have the kind of faith that's on display? Do you have that kind of faith who's who knows the promises of God, who are convinced of the promises of, of God, and you're bold about that? Or do you struggle with your faith? Well, let me help you this morning with your faith. Now, I can't give you saving faith. That's only the grace of God. Only God can give you the faith to believe in him. But I can help you in helping you display your faith. And the way we do that, my friends, is by knowing this book. We've got to be in this book, and you've got to be in this book far more than just Sunday mornings. If you're, if the only time in your, the, that you're in this book is when you come to church on Sundays and you're here the, hearing the message, my friends, you have a very shallow faith. The mission of our church is to know him and follow him. And we know him, our faith grows by reading and hearing the word of God. God wants to feed your faith. This blind man, he couldn't see anything physically. But he saw things new things about Jesus that seeing people didn't get. And that's the kind of faith that God wants to give you and I. Maybe you're here this morning, you're thinking to yourself, oh man, I I love this text, Pastor. Yes, I want to have this kind of faith, but Pastor, my faith is lame. You know, I can never have this kind of faith. So I'm just going to go home today to my lame house and my lame life. And I'm just going to continue to be lame. You don't have to. Listen, if you want to have the kind of faith that the blind man had, that's the kind of faith I want to have. And I didn't display that kind of faith very well this week. I was rather pathetic. And I want to do better. By the grace of God, I want to respond the way Jesus wants me to respond. The way this blind man responds. But if you want to have greater faith, don't focus on the absence of your faith. Focus on on the object of your faith. 
And the object of our faith is Jesus. Jesus is the God of the impossible. And He sees things and He will do things that your mind, your finite mind, just can't grasp at the moment. But you just hold on. Because He holds you. And what the and the news that caught you by surprise this week, guess what? Didn't catch him by surprise. He's got a bigger plan. Know your God. This is our Jesus. He's the God of compassion. He's the God of power. He's the God who sees. And he's the God who stops for people who are needy for him. Let's see like the blind man. Let's pray. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. They're going to lead us this morning. And I don't know your story. I don't know what's going on in your life, but Jesus does. My friend, be needy for him. Know his promises. Believe his promises. And then boldly step out in faith. Trusting him. Stop making excuses. Start making a plan to know him intimately. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for your living word. And nobody else needed it like me this week. I failed miserably when I had opportunities to trust you. I tried to figure it out myself without allowing you to be in the equation. But I thank you that your word convicted my heart. And Jesus, I pray the convictions that I have about you on the inside would materialize on the outside. People, God, would see my faith in action. Draw us close to you. May we worship you in this quiet moment. May we do business with you. Thank you for hearing our hearts and our cries.